The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 232nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items and event of the week that I attended. Also, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week and event of the week that I covered was the ISU World Figure Skating Championships right here in Boston. It was my first time ever covering figure skating, and frankly, it felt like I was covering the Olympics. It's uh, just been a wonderful week so far. It's continuing in through uh, through tomorrow night with a uh, with another session, even on Sunday, featuring the champions from the week. The skaters are really, truly impressive athletes. Uh, beautiful to watch. Um, again, as a first timer, it's all. Uh, Wonderful to see after years and years of watching it in the Olympics and beyond. Uh, to finally see it in person has truly been a revelation and uh, something that I've enjoyed immediately. The crowds have been huge at the uh, TD Garden here in Boston, home of the Celtics and Bruins. Uh, and they're really, really fervent followers of this sport. Uh, to put it mildly, crowds are just going to continue to build tonight. And then tomorrow night is the uh, grand finale with uh, the women's figure skating. Always a super popular event with quite the history and personalities over the years. Uh, one of the coolest things is just simply the awesome, awesome international presence with both uh, the media from dozens of countries worldwide, uh, as well as fans just literally... Uh, all over the streets of Boston. The city has really, really taken to it. Uh, given our uh, northeast location, hockey background, uh, high school hockey here is as big as uh, 
some pro sports in other sections of the country, not to mention college hockey with Boston College, BU. So it's uh, it's uh, skating heaven up in uh, here in New England, to say the least. And last night was a really cool event where they uh, I attended, which was at Frost Ice Loft, which is a Boston bar made of ice, where it felt like about 10 degrees inside. And the purpose of the event was the unveiling of the uh, ice bust sculpture of Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, the two uh, fantastic announcers who have, you know, really added a tremendous element to the whole figure skating, and uh, they're simply a phenomenon in and of themselves. Uh, they have the it factor, the two of them. Uh, there's just a buzz swirling around them. They were very, very nice, very fun to be around, and uh, so it was just a really, really cool event, a lot of media attending, interviewing them, and again, as they uh, unveiled, uh, you know, the ice bus sculpture of themselves. Uh, they're both very, very flamboyant, and uh, they've crossed over from just simply being ice skating announcers to being mainstream and uh, really popular, uh, to say the least. So, been a great week, going to be a great weekend, and uh, thrilled to be uh, adding this to the repertoire of different sports that I've covered in my lifetime. Well, my low light of the week was the D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young, i.e. Swaggy P, videotaping scandal. Uh, it has really just dominated the airwaves here for the last couple of days. You all know the details by now, I'm sure. Uh, I guess my take home from all of this would just simply be the uh, that this is a classic example of uh, the world that the millennials live in, uh, people in their early 20s. Um, you know, with iPhones and videotaping and all that, uh, social media just being so interwoven into their lives, uh, this is just a natural follow-on to that life, um, that they lead and it has again just generated, uh, nonstop attention, put it mildly. And it's particularly uh, interesting that uh, how it's raining on Kobe Bryant's parade as he uh, heads down the home stretch for his final group of games as a pro. And uh, so it's been a, a fascinating dynamic. Uh, I do give credit to the Lakers for putting both of them uh, in front of the cameras and microphones uh, the day after it blew up to uh, just let them both say their piece and uh, stay ahead of the story as best they can. So, again, it has just been uh, uh, really something to witness. Um, certainly won't be the first of this type. Um, so we shall see where it all leads and how uh, D'Angelo Russell's uh, career pans out from here. Let's not forget he was the number two overall pick in the draft. So the Lakers have a huge stake in his future. Well, my bizarre story of the week was uh, Syracuse coming back to beat 
Virginia last Sunday afternoon in uh, really a, a transcendent uh, type of game. Uh, to show what I know, when I saw the score, Virginia up by 16, uh, practically midway through the second half, uh, I just basically said, well, they're the last team uh, in the country that would ever give up a lead of this amount, given the way they play, very deliberate, uh, to put it mildly. And uh, no sooner did I say that than Malachi Richardson, the freshman for Syracuse, uh, led the comeback that was just uh, fascinating. I, of course, was at uh, an Easter gathering with family, and it was one of those unique events that we all love when, uh, you know, basically uh, the TV room fills up and up and up with each passing minute as, uh, you know, as everybody recognizes uh, that we're seeing something special, and it was indeed something special. Let's not forget Syracuse. Most Many people thought they shouldn't have even gotten in the tournament, and here they are in the Final Four. So, it uh, should be a great weekend. Nothing like Final Four weekend. Uh, the Villanova-Kansas game was uh, epic. Kansas was most people's favorite to win it all. Uh, great team. But Villanova really, uh, they, you know, they've been really hot after uh, throughout the tournament, after not doing well in the tournament the previous four or five years. And uh, so it's great to see him in the Final Four. I myself, uh, growing up in Pennsylvania, have uh, always been a Villanova fan. And uh, remembering their Final Four teams with... Uh, uh, Ed Pinckney, of course, that group that upset Georgetown, probably the biggest upset ever in the title game. And even going back to the early 70s, team with Howard Porter and Chris Ford. Uh, but they also had a guard on their team named Tom Inglesby. Uh, different spelling, but same sounding last name as me. So uh, I've been a Villanova fan ever since, to say the least. Uh, Buddy Heald put on a show last weekend, uh, to say the least, um, draining threes and uh, special players, so can't wa wait to watch Villanova and, uh, and Oklahoma go at it. And then we also have uh, North Carolina, who really looks like the best team in the tournament um, and have to be considered the favorite. Uh, they'll be taking on uh, the Cinderella team, true Cinderella team. Syracuse. So it will be a great weekend. And lastly, my story of the week that I wrote was on the Baltimore Ravens player engagement department, uh, which you can view on the NFL player engagement website at NFL player engagement, one word, dot com. So with that said, uh, it's time to take our break. Next up will be our weekly call in expert. A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, John. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I uh, appreciate you calling in, as always, and uh, you and I both love college sports, and this is one of the premier weekends in all of college sports. Of course, I'm talking about the Final Four weekend this year down in Houston, and uh, should be a great Final Four. It's been a memorable tournament already, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun for the fans to watch all these teams and for uh, everyone to see the new stars that will be in the Final Four. I'm, I'm sure everybody's excited. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's never won. Villanova's been a Cinderella win, winner before. Syracuse has won. And, and North Carolina, of course, they've, they've tasted the champagne. Yeah, yeah, it's a really great lineup, and uh, as I closed my previous segment, uh, of course, was with a big group of family uh, last Sunday watching the Syracuse-Virginia game and saw the score. Virginia's up around 15-16 midway through the second half, and I, of course, had the astute observation that, well, this game's over. Virginia would never blow a lead like that. They're the last team in the country that would ever give up a big lead in the second half. And lo and behold, uh, I barely had that out of my mouth, and that's exactly what happened, led by a freshman of all things, Malachi Richardson. Yeah, John, to me, when I was watching that game, uh, I, I took the perspective that it was a Virginia collapse more than a great Syracuse comeback. That, that was my point of view, because Virginia is a you know very good team, excellent coach, and uh, it was a total frustration on their part and they, they couldn't score points they just went cold and and Syracuse 
Syracuse has played steady and made, made the, the total comeback. Exactly. It was just amazing to see. I mean, it was one of those great moments, as I said at the end of the previous segment, where, you know, everybody's just kind of milling around and uh, on Easter Sunday, and suddenly, you know, as, every, as people start to walk in the room, you know, they notice the score and see what's happening with the amazing comeback. And, you know, by the end of that game, I mean, the entire Easter gathering was, of course, in front of the TV, which is, you know, you just... You know something special is going on, and and that really was something special. And I thought Charles Barkley, as always, uh, you know, just captured it perfectly when he said, you know, Virginia's used to driving at 55 miles an hour, and suddenly, late in the second, you know, mid, from midway in the second half on, you know, Syracuse was going 60 to 65 miles an hour, and Virginia just didn't know what to do. And that's exactly right. It was. It was certainly an impressive Syracuse comeback, but to me, the amazing thing to watch was Syracuse or Virginia with that senior-laden team and just that deliberate style, just suddenly looking lost, and I mean really lost, like they just had no clue what to do. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it myself, John. I mean, if you play one style of basketball, I'm sure every day in practice, every team practices the fast break or how to how to play at that up tempo because you're gonna, you're going to get those opportunities somewhere along the line during the season, but they did not manage the situation very well and it and it cost them and and uh, one thing I like to take note of was the the post game press conference uh, remarks by a Virginia coach uh, it was it was a classy thing with the things that he said so I tip my hat to him. I agree a hundred percent. If you hadn't said that, I was gonna uh, Tony Bennett is just, you know, he's something special about him. And, you know, he, he certainly has shown it with the program he's built. They have to be awfully frustrated now. I mean, they were just, they were poised, and it seemed like their time to finally make it to the Final Four after running into Michigan State the last couple of years earlier in the tournament and getting beaten. Um, they, you know, didn't have that to worry about this year, that's for sure. And it, it just seemed all lined up for them and was shocking to really to witness it and again given Syracuse uh, you know considered by many not worthy of even being in the tournament and here they are and you know what you just have to hand it to Jim Beheim. I mean they're a program and when I say a program I just mean you know, with their history and whatnot, especially Jim Beheim's in particular, when they get in those situations, high pressure, everything on the line, they know what to do with it. You know, they've just been there before as a program. Maybe not these players, but the program has been there. And, boy, I, I just never saw that more in evidence than last Sunday. It was just like those guys were, like, shooting around at a scrimmage. And yet they were playing for the final four. It was, it was just impressive to watch. John, there's no substitute for that aura that you mentioned around a program. And Syracuse, their coach has been in this, that situation many times. There was no panic, and his his players, uh, they they just kept playing ball. And Virginia, you know, they haven't been there in a while. So I've heard coaches say many times, John, that. To make that Final Four, the most difficult game is that regional final. 
Correct. Because everything is is based on playing well in that game, and you can kind of have a sigh of relief if you can make it to the Final Four. Your fans will be happy, your alumni, your your, your, your parents, your, your guardians, your friends, all your family. But that regional game is the most stressful for the coaches and the players. Absolutely. I mean, getting there is, you know, in and of itself a gigantic reward. Of course, you want to win it, and there's nothing worse than, you know, losing a championship game if you do get to Monday. But, yeah, I totally agree. The Final Four, you know, is just a little unique in that if you make it, you know, you're just guaranteed another week of being really in the spotlight, meaning your program's in the spotlight and you're, uh, you know, you've arrived and it's among the, shall we say, less disappointing, you know, weekend tournaments, if you will, Final Four, you know, however, games to lose because, uh, you know, you're just remembered for getting there to a certain degree and... uh and yeah, so it's going to be fun. I mean, Buddy Heald, he put on quite a show last uh, last Saturday afternoon, evening. Uh, he, he's something special. And to just watch him, you know, drain threes all over the place and just take over that game against Oregon was really, really uh, uh, special stuff to see. You know, we all love our basketball superstars, and he is certainly all that and more. Yeah, John, it's, it's going to be... Uh, intriguing to watch Buddy, Buddy Ball, to see if he has a hot day against Villanova, because Oklahoma's a team that if they find out that he's a little bit off that day, they're able to pick up the slack. Correct. And win. They are. And, I mean, I think the first time they played uh, Villanova, you know, that neutral side game, the only time they played was a neutral side, and he didn't have that great of a game. And the other team, uh, they came alive and scored enough points to to drum Villanova their worst loss all season, 23 points, I guess it was. I mean, I think their total three or four other losses combined was only 26 points. So uh, Oklahoma, you know, manhandled uh, Villanova that day. But, uh, you know, I guess Villanova, they didn't shoot that well either. So I don't think you're going to see them shoot four for 32 from the three-point line. Correct, correct. I mean, it's it's, you know... Interesting that they played each other, but I don't think it'll be overly relevant uh, tomorrow. Uh, and speaking of Villanova, uh, you know, as I said earlier in the first segment, uh, I'm a big fan, have always been since Tom Inglesby was a guard on their Final Four team back in the day in the early 70s with that famous Howard Porter and Chris Ford team that... Uh, that again went to the Final Four and lost to UCLA and in, in, in what was a great game back in those days. And uh, and then, of course, we have the 85 team that upset Georgetown. So uh, they've been underachievers the last four or five years. They got hot at the right time, right tournament time. And, you know, beating Kansas is no small accomplishment uh, since Kansas was favored by more people than any other team nationwide in brackets and whatnot to win it all. So... That was a great game. That was riveting, I must say. I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, Villanova is a tough team, John. They're really you know, yes. very good defense, and they just seem to be determined to to win these games. And uh, Kansas, sometimes they play a little tight. 
They do. They do. I think they have a tendency to, it's in, in their uh, DNA or something, they get to that regional game and they're worried about getting to the Final Four and they kind of tighten up. So in Villanova, they play loose and, and we're up to the challenge and, and good for them. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, they their star, Perry Ellis for Kansas, just had a tremendously disappointing game from him. I think he was basically in tears, uh, you know, at the press conference afterwards. I think he maybe had like four points or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, they, I mean, it, it was it was a shocker. It really was. Uh, again, most people had Kansas winning it all. And, and of course, they had the kid from Boston, Wayne Sheldon. Um, and, you know, he played okay, but he really didn't pick it up to the second half, didn't do much in the first half, but they were out of sorts, but I think Villanova put them out of sorts. Villanova, they're grinders, as you said, and they're tough, and uh, they haven't been the last few years in the tournament, so it was nice to see them finally step up. They just seemed to me, AP, like a team that was just sick of underachieving in the tournament, and finally... uh, you know, got it together this year. Yeah, they had enough. I'm sure they heard it through the years, and they were tired of all that nonsense. So they went out and played, you know, great defense. And when I saw that Kansas's best player was struggling, I, I, I just had a, the sense that that wasn't going to be their day, because I didn't think anybody else would score enough points to, to, to fill that, you know, need to uh, put some points on the board for Kansas. So I just, I just thought Villanova was their game. I agree. I kind of thought the same thing. You know, it was obvious from fairly early on that, you know, they were focusing on stopping Ellis. They did. And, you know, that just uh, played right into Villanova's hands. And, you know, they just took it from there to Kansas's credit. I mean, they certainly hung into the very end. Uh, and, you know, again, that was a really, really enjoyable game to watch. And, uh and tomorrow night, uh, you know, tomorrow night is for me in the top five uh, sports days in America each year, which is the two semifinal games of the Final Four. Nothing like it, back-to-back, pretty much goes from 6 p.m. to midnight. And, uh, you know, appointment television, to put it mildly. So <laughs> I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Yeah, John, I think the Saturday is better than the Monday, really. Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely. No question about it. You know, it's like I've often said my favorite day in American sports is, uh, you know, the day of the AFC and the NFC championships in, uh, in the NFL. There's just something about having two games that just makes it special, you know. And, uh, yeah, so I agree that the Saturday is quite often better than the, uh, than the Monday night. So it's going to be fun and uh, can't wait. Well, AP, it's hard to believe we've gotten to the end of our first segment already, but uh, why don't we take a break? We have lots more uh, sports topics to get to on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we were talking Final Four at the in our last segment, and we're going to stick with basketball a little longer here. Uh, Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe, columnist, well-known, uh, had an interesting comment that generated tons of discussion, which was that uh, UConn women's dominance is bad for the women's game. And uh, it was interesting, the effect, because his, his tweet saying, this, saying that was really one of the best things that's happened to women's college basketball in a long time because it generated more discussion this week than anything I can remember but the best thing I read, and you and I have both been to many UConn women's games. I've covered them as recently as a couple weeks ago, the American Athletic Conference championship game, uh, or semifinal game, excuse me, uh, was a letter of the Boston Globe this morning. Somebody, said, or somebody wrote, and I thought it really captured it beautifully. He said, you know, nobody seemed to mind or stopped watching when the U.S. Olympic dream team of Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson was winning every game by 50 points. And I thought, you know, he's exactly right, the person who wrote that letter. And uh, I love the dominance myself. I mean, I just, I I love witnessing greatness. So it was a thought-provoking tweet and uh, something I thought you and I should discuss a little bit. Yeah, John, I, I think that people can admire the perfection of a UConn women's basketball program. I think the people on the margin have a very difficult time tuning in on a regular basis because it's 
as Dan said in his piece there's column, it's the, that margin. You want to see some competition, and there's nothing like the unscripted drama that we that we discuss every week about sports. But this is almost it's almost scripted that they're going to win by 50 points and 40 points most of their game. So I think that was the uh, issue he was presenting to people about uh, UConn uh, women's basketball team dominating the sport. Uh, they, they like to see the, the consecutive wins in a row, but I think when it, when it gets to be uh, whether the other team has no chance, I think that that's the main issue that he had with with uh, women's basketball today. Absolutely, and I can see it. Apparently, Dan was in a uh, hotel room and had it on as you know in the background, the UConn women's game, and this was the game in particular that they won by sixty. Uh, I think last Saturday afternoon or last weekend at some point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've all been there, you know, especially those of us who follow UConn women, you know, where, you know, put it this way, I make it a point when I watch UConn women to tune in from the beginning, recognizing that, you know, after the first quarter, (laughs) it may not be very competitive and, you know, I'll take it from there. But, you know, you and I have sat in on Gino's press conferences and whatnot, and, uh, you know, we've seen them all over the years. Diana Taurasi, Rebecca Lobo, Sue Bird, Maya Moore, on and on and on. But, you know, for me, right now, what's interesting, and the reason I went out of my way, shall we say, or made, you know, made sure I was going to catch him, was I wanted to see Brianna Stewart a couple weeks ago, I wanted to see her one last time play in college. And, uh, you know, she said before she went there, she stated her goal that she wanted to win four consecutive national championships. Hadn't been done before. And she, of course, could do that this weekend, uh, Tuesday night to be exact. And, uh, but more importantly, she has the, she also could become uh, the first ever collegian to win four outstanding uh, most outstanding player awards in a row for the final four, which would just be, uh, it would make her the greatest, or as Gino likes to say, the most decorated women's college basketball player ever. Period. Right, he, right. He's careful in his definition. Correct. Because he, yes, sir. Because he he'd have he's had other great players. Maybe she's not his best, but she's going to be the the one with the most trophies and all the accolades at the end of her career. But I, I think I think you know, and Gino, he's a smart person. He he's been around the media many years, and oh, yeah. likes to you know play that cat and mouse game with him. But I think it'd be good if he acknowledged that uh, we need other teams to to uh, be closer to our program and, and have games that we don't know who's going to be the winner. Uh, I think if he and he would acknowledge the context, I think people would listen to him more. I agree. I thought he handled all of it well this week. Uh, he had a couple of, you know, he had, he had an immediate uh, press conference uh, where he talked about, uh, you know, soon after Shaughnessy's tweet where he talked about, you know, that. And now that's where he used the Tiger Woods analogy. But I thought it was even better, uh, you know, after they won their regional final uh, against Texas. And what was a very, pretty good game, actually, as competitive as I've seen. Uh, that along with some games with the uh, University of South Florida. They played in the American Athletic Conference postseason the last couple of years, uh, where I just thought he was, you know, 
uh, even more, you know, astute in his observations. And he clearly, as he said that night, he, he gets it. He, you know, he, he gets what Shaughnessy was trying to say. And, you know, I give him a lot of credit for, you know, just recognizing that, uh, you know, that it's out there and you, and you have to address it. And he did, uh, you know, as well as he could this week. So, uh, so yeah, it, it should be an interesting weekend. It's interesting to note that some of the, you know, traditional women's powers are not in the Final Four. A lot of upsets. So you have, like, the University of Washington Huskies are in it. You know, teams like Baylor, Notre Dame, and Stanford are not in it. And they're the teams that, you know, are familiar with UConn and have, in the past, beat them. But they're not going to be around. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, Final Four in that regard. I, I think it just increases, you know, UConn's uh, being favored heavily. I guess if you wanted to take a contrarian view, you'd have to say, you know, UConn will be facing some teams that they're simply not that familiar with because they're not the traditional powers, and maybe that'll give them some trouble. But it sounds like a reach to me, right? Yeah, John, I was going to ask you, do you think any of those three teams have a chance to win? I I would have to say there's always the, the, the proverbial uh, chance, but it would have to be a perfect game. I mean, Connecticut would have to shoot poorly, and the other team would have to shoot, let's say, you know, twenty, thirty percent better than normal. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, you, know, you know, very few turnovers, and uh, maybe somebody gets in foul trouble. But you know, there's always a chance. I mean, you saw when Villanova beat you, uh, Georgetown that time, nineteen eighty-five, when they had the big upset. They shot. I don't think they missed a shot in the second half, if I remember. So there's always that chance, and it's just one game. You don't have to beat them in a series. So, but I think it's it's refreshing to have the the three new teams. And uh, one thing I I think I saw this week they had the McDonald's game, and I saw there's six McDonald's All Americans maybe on North Carolina. If I saw that, and maybe six on Connecticut's women's team, but it doesn't seem to affect the men's game as it does the women's game because they're all the best players are on one team. But at North Carolina, I mean, they had some losses during the year, of course, so. The, the men are able to overcome the so-called advantage, the perceived advantage, whereas the women, if you get all the best players on one team, it, it lights out. Well, exactly. And, and, you have, and you have a good coach. Exactly right. Uh, he's going for his 11th national championship. I believe that will be a new record um, if he hasn't gotten there already. And just so we know, the final four for the women are Syracuse, Washington, and then Oregon State, as well as UConn. Syracuse is trying to pull, pull their own little uh, UConn, which is, of course, winning the men's and women's in the same year. Uh, but, yeah, there's no other way to say it. No one was calling for Oregon State, Syracuse, or Washington to be there. But they are. And, of course, everybody was calling for UConn to be there, and they are too. So it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, but, you know, there's no way you can view this as, you know, any, any way other than UConn's going to, you know, win and more than likely win going away. They're not letting the – forget who's there. They are not letting this opportunity slip through their fingers. Uh, it's been the stated goal for four years from Brianna Stewart on down, and they'll be the first team ever to do this. 
And uh, I, I can't imagine they're going to let this opportunity slip away. I think this could be the mountaintop for the Yukon women's program. This will be their peak, which is really saying something. I'm sure people have said that in the past. But I, this will be, this is, even for them, new ground. Yeah, I think, I think so, John. This could be uh, where something they set a record that maybe... Maybe never replicate it again. Correct. Uh, I mean, Bingo. You, you saw, for instance, you know, Brittany Griner at Baylor. They couldn't win every year. Correct. Uh, you saw, I mean, Tennessee and, and UConn. They couldn't win four years in a row um, and have the, the one player dominate and receive all the awards and the MVP uh, trophies. So this, this could be something we might not see again in women's basketball. Exactly right. Well said, AP. And, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had the pleasure to, you know, see Brianna Stewart a few times up close and personal. Literally, she, I was courtside at the scorer's table, and she was taking the ball out uh, right in front of me, so three feet away. And her arms, her number one quality of many good qualities is her very, very long arms, uh, but she's inside, outside. She's offense, she's defense, and she's intense, and she's serious. And, you know, she, she's almost just the perfect basketball player in every way. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch her the last couple of years. And it'll also be interesting to see uh, who gets her in the WNBA, uh, to say the least. They have their draft coming up uh, soon and their season. Uh, starting uh, soon. Um, so, yeah. Uh, should be an interesting weekend, both on the men's and women's levels, to say the least. Yeah, it should be, John. And and, uh, and on the men's side, you know, I'm not sure who's going to win, but on the women's side, I, I have a good feeling. <laughs> I think we all do, AP. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, uh, hard to believe we've come to our another break uh, end of our third session and uh, so why don't we take our break still have a few more things to get to I know you're sticking around and we'll get to you and me discussing some more sports items of note on the other side your internet flagship station for sports America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before A.P. and I get started, my pick of the week for the appointment viewing is, of course, the Final Four, starting with tomorrow's two games, Villanova, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Syracuse. Uh, so it's going to be great. As we discussed, one of the great days in American sports is, in my mind, tomorrow night. And uh, AP, we actually have something else kind of intriguing that caught my eye. It's going to be on TV tonight, if you happen to get the Big Ten Network, which I do. Um, I've already set it up for taping, which is spring football. gets underway tonight with Michigan's spring football game. And... uh, I love it. Michigan's been in the news all off season, obviously with their uh, camp down there at IMG in Bradenton a couple weeks back, generated tons of publicity, good and bad. And uh, <laughs> and here, Jim Harbaugh, you know, doesn't surprise me. Here he is. He's getting the feels like he's getting the jump on everybody by being the first spring game. Uh, right out of the box tonight, uh, April 1st, and many, many more to follow. I uh, love this time of year, spring games combined with pro days. Uh, it certainly keeps football in the news, to put it mildly, and uh, so it should be kind of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh, he knows how to get publicity. He knows how to coach his team, and he's. I'm glad he's back in college football. I really, I'm really excited that he came back and you know, pro ball, he, he went there for a little while and did some great things, but I'm glad to see him back in college football. Yeah, well, he's pushing the envelope. And, you know, in my mind, and this goes kind of back to the UConn women's discussion we were having, you know, I think this helps raise everybody's game. This way UConn's dominance, I think, ultimately will raise everybody's game. Uh, though we're not quite seeing evidence of that now, but I think with. Jim Harbaugh and what he's doing at Michigan, again, pushing the envelope uh, on how things are traditionally done, uh, I think ultimately is going to raise everybody's game a a level. And uh, it's fun to watch. I love it. Yeah, and and John, you know, he's he's always pushing the envelope, as you said, and he's going to be back in Alabama again running a satellite camp for high school players. Uh, grades nine through twelve, and wow. it was you know very successful last year. They held one in a town called Prattville, right outside of Montgomery. <clears throat> in June this year, it's June. It's uh, the first week in June up at uh, Bob Jones High School outside of Huntsville. So he he's uh, you know he he doesn't listen to any of his critics that uh, dislike 
the Big Ten coming down to the southeast because it's to their advantage. So why wouldn't you make the move if you could, if you had the, the smarts and the ability and your administration approved? So he's going to be back in Alabama. Well, that is fascinating news, AP. I mean, let's not forget, that was really his first salvo last year when he did this. He came down to Alabama last year, if I remember correctly, and uh, generated, you know, a ton of attention by doing this exact thing that he's doing now that you just referenced, but he did it a year ago. And again, that was, he was kind of like the first to do it. Uh, and again, you know, he, he's just, uh, he's shaking things up. He really is. And I remember, you know, that was quite the controversy. And then, you know, obviously his trip to Bradenton a few weeks back created another controversy. And here we go again. I'm, I'm sure, you know, when he gets down to Alabama, uh, you know, that that'll be that'll generate yet another round of, uh, you know, Harbaugh commentary. But again, it's great. We love it. It's just, uh, you know, it keeps his team in the news, but more importantly, it keeps college football in the news. Yeah, I mean, I just I just like all the things he does because uh, college football, you know, uh, they're always looking for someone to challenge the top teams in their league, and, and he's certainly going to give Ohio State a run for their money, I believe. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all remember Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll uh, and the rivalry they had back in the day when he was at Stanford and Pete, of course, was at USC. Uh, but I think that, you know, Ultimately, uh, that could be surpassed with the uh, with Jim Herbaugh and Urban Meyer, and you know who knows? Maybe even Nick Saban will somehow get in the mix of if they face each other in a bowl game or ultimately the national championship game. Uh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, he, he's just uh, he thrives on this. He really does. Uh, you know, he had those. Uh, <laughs> shots at the Ohio State <laughs> Athletic Department via tweet a couple weeks ago and boy oh boy I mean he just uh he he gets right down to it but this is clearly you know uh this is his lifeblood is creating these you know uh storylines for lack of a better word and John uh it's been reported here in the last day or so that Ohio State is going to follow suit. They're going to run a camp over in Georgia outside of Atlanta, Lawrenceville. Wow. Okay. I'm sure Kirby Smart's loving that, right? Oh, yeah. That'll get the, the folks in Georgia all riled up. And, of course, everyone recruits Atlanta as it is. So they they get nervous when, when Ohio State's going to come down and have a camp right there outside of Atlanta with Urban Meyer. Yeah, well, let me ask you, AP. I mean, a year ago we talked about, you know, that we thought it was inevitable that some of the southern schools might head up north in the, you know, late spring, early summer, better weather, what have you. That, am I correct in assuming that right now Michigan coming to Alabama and Ohio State going to Georgia are the only two teams doing this, that no SEC teams have, are, are, are doing it in response by heading up north or anything like that? Am I correct? Yeah, that, that's the only ones that I've heard of, John. So, okay. I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to see Alabama go up towards Cincinnati or somewhere or go up near Detroit. or I mean, I just don't know. But 
I can guarantee you one thing: if it did happen, it, they'd make the most of the the situation. They they'd make sure they'd be around a city that has a, a big population and is full of talented football players. Yeah, Western Pennsylvania. How about that? Right. Yeah, go up to Pittsburgh, somewhere around Pittsburgh. Let's say, sure. There we go. There we go. Um, well, you know, again, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, good to get these spring games underway. And, uh, yeah, so Alabama spring game. Most teams are having them here in the month of April. Just about every team. I, I reviewed the schedule today. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, a great thing. Obviously, they're all pretty much in spring practice you know, sprinkled along with pro days. So uh, here we go, you know, and it all culminates with the spring game. I know the end, you know, the blue-white game at Penn State, been to a few times, and, you know, tens of thousands attend there, and uh, I remember watching the Alabama spring game last year on TV. Yeah, they'll, they'll be going at it in two weeks, John, the, uh, the A-Day game, as they call it, at Alabama, and the big thing there will be to find the, quarterback possibly to see if they can work out those details exactly and you mentioned that you had seen uh, jacob coker recently uh at another pro pro day correct yeah jacob you know he didn't get an invite john to the combine the nfl combine so he participated in the, the alabama pro day and university of south alabama right in his hometown of mobile was having their pro day on monday so i went by to watch him there was about seven or eight scouts so he got a chance to throw and uh, participate in, in their pro day. So anytime you get a chance to compete and show the scouts your talents, uh, I think it's advisable. I agree. I totally agree. Well, hard to believe, AP, we've come to the end of another show. Uh, great to talk, you know, all this college football and basketball. Uh, once again, going to be a great weekend with the Final Four, and I appreciate you calling in and giving us, as always, your excellent perspective. Well, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. All right. Thanks again, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.